This is Face the Music, a pre-ELO song-by-song podcast. Episode negative zero eight six. Green Onions, the Chads. was originally recorded in early 1962 by Booker T and the MGs. In an interview from 2008 posted by Musicians Hall of Fame and Museum, Booker T guitarist Steve Cropper said, Story behind Green Onions, uh, Jim Stewart had booked a Sunday session. We were there to cut an artist named Billy Lee Riley. Anyway, he didn't show up for the session. We just started jamming on some blues just to kind of warm up our instruments and just kind of keep from being bored to death. And Jim got on the talkback and said, hey guys, he said, come up here and listen to this. And we go, what, you put that down? He said, yeah. And Jim Stewart just fell in love with it. He thought it was great, you know. It was a song that the title of it turned out to be the B-side of Green Onions called Behave Yourself. But what was funny about it is Jim Stewart said, uh, he said, that's pretty good. He said, if we decide to put that out, he said, if you guys got another song you can put on the B-side. And we said, uh, no. And I looked at Booker, I said, I don't know. He said, I said, I remember you played me a some kind of riff or a lick about two weeks prior to that session. He said, I don't know. He said, well, I think I might remember. And he goes out on the organ and he starts playing the kind of the Green Onions lick that we know, you know. I said, yeah, that's it, that's it. And that was the tape. And it was just sort of an accident in a way. And so we called the guys in and we said, we got to get a name for this thing, get it on the label and so forth. And so I can tell you now that Louis Steinberg had played bass on it when we're hashing around ideas. He said, why don't you call it Onions? He said, because that's the stinkingest music I ever heard, you know. And I went, that's pretty good, but you know, Onions is kind of a negative. I don't deal in negatives. I said, isn't Onions a little negative? You know, they make people's eyes burn. Some people don't like them, gives them indigestion, all that. I said, what about Green Onions? I said, yeah, Green Onions. So that, that was the title. Three years later, the Chads recorded their version at the Tetlow's recording studio in Birmingham, England, with their new lead guitarist, 17-year-old Jeff Lynn. Most folks call them green onions, but they're really scallions. Did you ever notice that, Joe? I'm Eric Paul Johnson. And I'm Eric Winsensen. Green onions. Most people call them green onions, but they're really scallions. Let's not go through that again. I actually like green onions, even though most people call them scallions. Stop it! I've always liked the original by Booker T and the MGs, and I really like this one. I, I don't really know if it actually follows the tune perfectly. I understand they didn't really have the internet in 1965, so they couldn't just pull up the sheet music. So it's kind of like, you know, I think we've got this pretty close to the original Green Onions. Let's put this on a record. Jeff Lynne's not the star on this record. I think he's kind of like what 
people say he was back then when he was 17. Kind of a shy, quiet kid. He's there, and he lets you know you're there. Just every once in a while, pops in, Hey, I'm Jeff Lynn. I'm doing music. How's it going? Someday I'm going to produce the Beatles. You just watch. But he's not the, the main focus of this song. The organ is what sells this song for me. Sounds like an old roller skating rink kind of organ. And mixed with the bad sound quality of this recording, it makes it sound kind of ghostly. Sort of like something from in the distant past is seeping through time into the future. And it just kind of sounds muddy and kind of spooky going through all those temporal filters to get to the present. Yeah, I noticed that the original... I believe it's a Hammond that they're on on the original. Yeah. I have no idea what this woman's playing on this one. I can't really fault it, though, because from the looks of them at the time, they're either playing on instruments that were at their school, or <laughs> that they borrowed, or that they bought used, and just yeah. doing the best that they can. And huh, But it's not a bad cover of the song. Yeah, and it's an organ-based song in the first place, so you don't expect more than just the very simple guitar riffs that Steve Cropper yeah. originally put into there. But it's interesting just because Jeff Lynne was in it, basically covering a song that everybody covered at the time. <laughs> yeah, they did. Yeah, it has something for everybody to do in it, though. Even though the organ's the main instrument, you got that bass line that's very, very uh, recognizable there. You got the guitar fills, and then you've just got kind of like a very lazy drum keeping time, but it's still a little bit trickier than it sounds mm -hmm. because it's almost a big band or a jazz rhythm to this song rather than a straight rock song, making it a little bit more laid back. If you use brushes on it, it would sound almost like the drum from Fever. Yeah, it would. Like that. Yeah, the older versions of Fever where you just use the brushes on the snare. and They do a good job. I mean, they're talented kids. I know one of them wrote a biography of the band, but I don't know if the rest of them ever went to do anything other than just play around a bit other than Jeff. From what I read... The Chads had been in existence for a year or so before Jeff came in. I mean, they had a regular gig at U.S. Army and Air Force bases in France. They weren't getting paid much, so they moved on to other places, and they still weren't getting paid much. And a couple of members said, you know, I'm not liking this. I'm, I'm having trouble eating, affording food and stuff like that. So they left. And that's when they put out the audition call. And Jeff Lynn was one of the people who showed up. He was the last one of the day, actually. One of the members of the Chads, Mick Adkins, said that they had a lot of people audition and a lot of people sucked. And at the end of the day, they were starting to pack up their gear and get out of there, you know, feeling like, well, I don't know, maybe we'll, we will have better luck tomorrow. And that's when Jeff Lynn, soaked to the bone because it had been raining hard all day, wandered in and said, hey, I, I, I'd like to audition. I mean, I don't know if those were his exact words, but he looked like a drowned rat. They felt bad for him and said, sure, go ahead. Let's see what you got. So they sat back up and they played and they were like, holy crap, this guy can actually play. Dude, you're in the band. Or words and attitude to that effect anyway. Mick Adkins, though, was the only one of the chads, I mean, other than Jeff Lynn, that continued with music. 
and he played local gigs, and him and his band were pretty popular for a time. Which is about the truth, usually, of most garage bands and musical groups, is uh, you get one member who really decides to dedicate themselves to it the rest of their lives, and everybody else would love to, but... uh, (laughs) They need to eat. They need to eat, and trying to split $200 five ways... (laughs) After meals and gas is, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, not exactly the life most people want to live. Yeah, and I think that's actually what broke up the band. The van broke down. We can't afford to get a new one. I guess that's it for us. That'll do it. Got something to say about green onions? Then call the telephone line voicemail. Six two three eight five zero three three seven five. Oh, no. I love Hi, I am Eric Winsenson. And Eric has his own podcast. You know that big album and act had? Either the huge seller that broke them to a wider audience, or a world-famous act that became even worlder-famouser after the release of a massive-selling album. This podcast isn't about them. What came next, dot dot dot, is about the records that came after the multi-bajillion seller. Each episode is packed with facts about the bands and their records from noted musicologist Eric Winsenson. Hi, I am Eric Winsenson. So do a quick Google search and listen to What Came Next, dot dot dot, with Eric Winsenson. Great moments in electric light orchestra history. At what point did you fall in love with the recording process? Because that's obviously a big part of what you got into. Um, Were you able to start experimenting and exercising your own ideas at an early stage, or or did you build your own studio? Well, what I did, I I was desperate to make to make recordings in my house, you know, my mum and dad's house, and they had a front room which was spare. Nobody ever used it. You know, it was one of those hush rooms that was all smart. Nobody ever went in there because it was too smart. And uh, anyway, so I soon wrecked that and uh, had all this junk in there. And I got, I got this uh, thing called a, a Bang & Olufsen 2000 Deluxe, which was um, a tape recorder that you could bounce from one track to another, from like left to right, add a guitar as you go, back to the left, add another guitar or a piano. So I taught myself piano already by then. <laughs> anyway. Um, <laughs> But, you know, uh, roughly, still pretty rough, actually, but... Um, so I could make records in the front room of my house, and I had a, a, the drums were a, a piano stool and a drumstick, and uh, I actually learned how to make recordings like that. They actually sounded like records, even though they're only demos. So I learned, basically, all the stuff I know from that one little tape recorder, which I've still got, and it still works. Enjoy the podcast? Then let us know with the universal expression of love cash you get swell extras when you subscribe at patreon.com slash elopod at the one dollar an episode tier you can hear shows a week before the rest of the world and at the two dollar tier you get expanded episodes with bonus material only found at patreon.com slash elopod help a poor man build a pretty dream and give us lots of money at patreon.com slash elopod This is Dr. Troy. Green Onions is one of my all-time favorite songs. This might be 
the only cover I've heard of the song. And I do like it. I like the fact that it's not a note-for-note, paint-by-number cover of the song. The Chads add their own spin to it. It kind of reminds me of a cross between what you would hear in the soundtrack of a 60s TV show, 60s movie. I'm thinking in particular of Dark Shadows. Everybody would hang out at that bar and they'd put a coin in the jukebox and it would play the same generic instrumental over and over again. So it reminds me of a cross between that and something you might hear at a baseball game or a roller rink. I have expected someone to say charge in the middle of the song. What I really like about it, though, is, first of all, I love the way the guitar sneaks in kind of towards the middle of the song, and you have a call and response thing going between the guitar and the keyboards. And my favorite thing about the song is what I would call the false ending. There's a couple of times where you think the song's going to end, the keyboard starts getting softer, and then it's sort of where they'll play the keyboard, then they'll stop, and they play it, then they'll stop, and you think the song's over, and then both times the whole band kicks in, even with the guitar, and you get a nice jam at the end of both of those segments. So, yeah, overall, I like this, and I think it shows that even at a young age, Jeff was willing to be a little experimental. Talk to you next time. Like it? Hate it? What does Madeline think? And she hated it. Slash me, Maddie. M-A-D-Y. Hey, she hated it. Face the Music, a pre-ELO song-by-song podcast, is a production of Radio Trolla Entertainment Assorted Deli Meets Amalgamated. Leave a message on our voicemail at 623-850-3375 or email us at eloftmpodcast at gmail.com and we'll read and reply to it on the show. Join our YouTube page, the Electric Light Orchestra podcast channel, to hear the full songs and other goodies. If you don't want to subscribe through Patreon, use PayPal with the podcast's email or send a check or money order to P.O. Box 1932 Superior, Arizona 85173. The subscription fee is $4 a month and include your email address so we can send you the secret link. Next week, episode negative 085, Huggin' and Tuggin' the Line.